With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Have you been afraid to dip a toe in the world of Dynasty Fantasy Football? Have you heard about Dynasty Fantasy Football on one of the national redraft pods, and now you're curious to join a league? Do you not know where to start or how to get better? Are you looking for a place to ask questions, questions that maybe would make you feel like you would get put down on social media? We all have, or I should say we all used to feel that way until we started patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone it's where new dynasty gamers intermediate dynasty gamers and the ultra sharp dynasty gamers all converge to come and hang out and talk football 24 7 no really it's a 24 7 group chat thanks in part to the best international patrons in football i'll put our group in our group chat up against any group chat in dynasty fantasy football period It's a place of community, it's a place of interaction, it's a place where you'll get better at Dynasty Fantasy Football with so many like-minded people looking to destroy their Dynasty Leagues. And get in while the getting's good. You know I love value. And you'll have a hard time getting better value for your money than with Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone right now. We'll be introducing a tiered Patreon, which is something commonly found on Patreon, to allow each Dynasty Gamer to choose what level of support they want with their Dynasty teams. But all tiers will be included for those that join at the current and historical rate of $5 a month from now through July 31st. That's about two weeks to lock in the old rate between now and July 31st. Now, every podcast has given you player valuations, but there are so few shows that focus on how to actually build a roster. That's where I take what I do on the Fantasy Fixer Upper and really go into a deep dive on strategy, how-tos, and overall advice on building and sustaining a roster from your startup, to your rebuild, and to your championship. There's an entire archive of over 100 mostly strategic-based pods, and there's more on the way. There's also information and how-tos for aspiring podcasters. We have three of our patrons that are creating content for their patron mates right now. They have also worked with me behind the scenes on how to start a show, do's and don'ts for podcasters, how to attain sponsors, and much, much more. One-on-one time with me is another thing that we do at patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone, and being a patron is the only way to make it on the Fantasy Fixer Upper. But it's not all about the show. I trade DMs with all patrons, do one-on-ones via telephone, and more. You said you wanted to get better. So take advantage now before rates and tiers change in August over at patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. There's no better time than now to join. So what are you waiting for? 
What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. And on today's show, we're going to do the Dynasty Week 3 review and some Dynasty how-tos. And uh, back with me, better than ever, is my co-host. You know him as the man of the hour and the man with the power, Jerry Sinclair. What's up, buddy? Uh, better than ever doesn't say much, but I am doing average as usual. It's good to talk to you. Always a fun time. Um, I mean, we're getting into it, man. It's fun. I've had a couple rosters that punched me in the face. I had my first real crushing loss where I thought I was going to get it on Monday night and I didn't. Uh, so this game's evil. I learned that again. I had forgot it for a long time, but you know, and so, so be it, I guess. And guest season rolls over and rolls on. Our guest tonight is Mr. Doug Eddy. You can find him on Twitter at Father. And if you don't know Doug, first of all, shame on you. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> he is the host of the Trophy Time podcast and the co-host of the Dynasty Happy Hour podcast, along with our buddies Tyler Gunther and The Chef. And he is the co-founder of the FF Gurus at the ffgurus.com. He's my buddy, Doug, that I met in Canton, and we hung out all weekend. Doug, welcome to the Dynasty Warzone. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Um, just to you know, slight, slightly correct you, I am the host of Dynasty Happy Hour. Uh, Tyler and James are the... Never heard of them. Yeah, exactly. So, But no, I'm, it's a pleasure to be here. I had a blast in Canton. I got to meet Jerry, and I got to spend an extended amount of time with Memphis. Uh, at the pool party, he drove us down. It was awesome. Uh, recorded our conversations. We had some laughs uh, at the expense of Tyler, as it always should be, um, getting locked in the old Valvoline bathroom, which was <laughs> one of the highlights of the trip. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for having me on this week. No problem. I did share that story with our patrons over at patreon.com <laughs> forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Maybe, just maybe, if there's time at the end of the show, we will uh, dig into that show. Uh, speaking of shows, you, we're watching this live on YouTube. We're recording live on Tuesday night for a Wednesday pod. And I'll tell you what's been really pop. Jerry, do you know what's been really popular on our channel? I know you do all the research, all the analytics. You you pay attention to that stuff, right? So outside of you is what you're asking? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't. It's, cer- it, it's certainly it's, not me. It's waiver wire sniping with our boy Kyle. Uh, he does a like a look ahead. So like right now, he's plotting on who the pickups for week five are going to be. So Saturday, just before week four kicks off in earnest, there's still the Thursday night game. But before it kicks off, he'll tell you who to be looking at, like defenses to get ahead of, certain players. and uh, I'm all about that life. I do my solo pods on Friday for the Redraft fam and uh, Guru Game Guidance on TFFGurus.com. And I always, if there's players that I hit on, I'm like, go pick this guy up before he's a hot waiver wire ad. If you got the end of your roster spot, just grab him because then you're going to save yourself fab if he happens to pop off. So I love that. I usually give like three or four guys a week that are on the top of my mind. So I love that forward thinking in any format, whether it's redraft or dynasty, you're getting a competitive edge on your opponent um, by thinking that way. And that is a great way to be successful during the season. Yeah, he got me. Uh, I've got Tennessee, so I, w- I was doing some look ahead, and Tennessee plays the Jets. No one's not scoring points like the Jets right now. They make everybody look like the '85 oh. Bears, the 2000 Ravens. It's it's been great. So you know, you want to be a week ahead of being a week ahead. Kyle drops that on YouTube on Saturdays, usually around lunchtime, give or take, depends on how busy he is. Uh, he did drop that goodness for us this past weekend. It was his birthday. 
this past Monday. So if you get a chance, wish Kyle at Kyle Month 8 a happy belated birthday. We're also doing Football Sunday School. That's where me and some of the guys from the Dynasty War Zone, we jump on, we get you ready for Sunday, we talk trades, start sits. We were on fire this past weekend. We had a great show. So all of that is available on YouTube. Just go to YouTube, search Dynasty War Zone, subscribe. Don't be afraid to give us the old thumbs up. Or if Jerry's in the video, you can give us the middle finger. You can give us a dual Eli if oh, you yeah, want to. I saw that last night. Awesome. Dual, dual Eli. Pete so with the right. F-bomb the week before. Eli with the double finger guns uh, the next week. What's next? You know, with Eli, does he care? I heard there's not a show this coming Monday. Really? Like, they're, they're not doing the Manning Brothers show this coming Monday. No, That's the, the only th- thing I've been watching. Well, yeah, at least the here. game's good. It. At least the game's going to be good. It's going to be the Raiders hosting the Chargers. Mm-hmm. So it should be a lot of fantasy matchups are going to uh, come down to that. So before... We jump into the body of the show. Did anybody get bit this week by the Monday night game? I know I did. Doug and I were lamenting. Because I really don't, Jerry, unless you have something I don't know, I really don't have a good person with a bad tweet. We've, uh, we've, we've really cleaned these Twitter streets up. People are, I mean, I'm, I'm to the point to where I'm like, I'm starting to look at some of the notorious suspects. And it even, <laughs> and it they, even they've been, they've been they, keeping it clean. Keeping it uh, right, keeping it tight. It, it's it's uh, like you saw the first Batman with Christian Bale, right? Crime everywhere. Streets were rampant with crime. And when the second one starts, everybody's afraid to do anything because Batman's cleaned the streets up. You know, that's kind of what we've done with Twitter and bad takes. So let's just do a little review. Did, did you get bit? Because I got bit hard by Monday Night Football in two leagues. What about you? I had Zeke and... Uh, Jalen Hurts going into Monday night. I was down 46 points. I, you know, the first half I thought I had lost. Zeke had two touchdowns, but Jalen Hurts had like negative two. So I, was, I, I had cut my losses and I was I was ready for it to just be done. Just shoot me in the head, roll me into the ditch, and I was done for. But then Jalen Hurts started cooking a little bit and I started to get excited and I got all the way to the point that I could taste victory on that final drive. And don't you know, Jalen Hurts just farted directly into my mouth and disappointed me every second, and I lost by less than two points. So, just harsh. I'm going to let Doug share his before I share mine, because Doug, you uh, you had a rough one as well. Yeah, so I'm in the Beantown Brawl Draft, which is a redraft league with um, hosted by Kevin, the FF engineer, and there's some other, like Pat Thorman, Pete Overzet, some local New England guys that uh, we got together like five years ago, and we get together and do this draft, and. Uh, my team's successful. It's undefeated. Um, well, I was 3-0 and because we played like a dual matchup in week two. So I won both of those. So I'm 3-0. and I'm up by 30. He's got Zeke and Devonta Smith. I'm like, all right, I should be all right. Zeke scores the, you know, the second touchdown. And uh, at the end of it, I lose by 2.9 points. So now I'm 3-1, and but I still have the best record with the most points. So it's not like the end of the world, but it would have been really nice to be 4-0. and Yeah, not so much. I lost by less than three. Boo. Uh, I am going to post mine on Twitter. So this is my old school uh, redraft league. We've been doing this league for about 18 years. Nice. Um, we've, we've all worked together at one time or another. Just a bunch of good people. And uh, so I was up by uh, 18 points going into the game. I'm done. And he has Jalen Hurts left. The final score of our game, and I'm going to tweet this out, uh, he finished with one 30.6, I finished with 128. So that four-point garbage time touchdown to Greg Ward. I mean, it, it was just literally the culmination of everything. It caused the game to hit the over. 
the because yep. that was uh, one of my calls on the Big Bet podcast, which I'll do tomorrow with my with my co-host Dr. Kyle. So it caused the over to hit. It caused me to lose that game, and then of course, so I didn't get to watch the very start of the game. Uh, I had some baseball stuff with my son, and I came in about eight thirty, and like of course I have the under. And I open up the ESPN app just to kind of get what the score is. Has anybody done anything? And the score's already seven to nothing. I'm like, okay, sure enough. There's like eleven, like eleven minutes to go in the first quarter. It's already seven nothing. And then Zeke Elliott. And then like the very next play, Dak fumbles in the end zone touchdown. I'm like, this this thing is going way over. And sure enough, it, it kept me around just watching long enough <laughs> to, to to really so. And then. Uh, Doug and I are in a league called Trade Addict 7, where I'm the two-time, two-time defending two time, champion. Two-time two defending champion. And I'm playing one of the better teams in there, a friend of all of ours, uh, Pastor Clint at uh, the Fantasy Pastor. the follow He's a good man, Clint. And, of course, the only player he had left was Zeke Elliott. And guess who got four points enough to beat me? Just, he got just enough points. He beat me by four. So, so Zeke and Dad, just they can all go fuck them. They're, they're, they're good people that can go fuck themselves. How about that? I don't have a bad tweet. Uh, of course, Zeke would bounce back the week he's playing me. But since we don't have anybody with a bad tweet, I, I just brought a little news. We don't normally do a lot of news here on the show. But it's a great time because I know this man is a big fan. And I know he has them in at least one of the leagues we're in together. Tommy Trimble. So the Carolina Panthers and the Jacksonville Jaguars, ironically, they came into the league as expansion teams together. Yes. And they the made Mark, a trade. The Mark Brunel era. The Mark Brunel, the uh, Teddy Bruschi, not Teddy Bruschi, um, the big left tackle. Tony Baselli. Baselli, not Bruce. Yes, uh, Baselli and uh, Brunel. But anyway, the Carolina Panthers sent Dan Arnold, tight end, and... Uh, a third, something like that? Yeah, it was a third. It was a third, and they got back former first-round cornerback C.J. Henderson, which I think is going to end up being a nice deal for both teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know, what does every young quarterback need? A tight end security blanket type guy to lean on. And I think Dan Arnold could be that for Trevor Lawrence. But the take I really want to get, the take I really want to hear, I want to hear the fantasy father. I want to hear Doug, because I know you have Tommy Trimble in the Ultimate Dynasty Podcasters League we're in together. And I know you're a connoisseur of all things tight end. So what was your thoughts when you saw that Dan Arnold is now a Jag and Tommy Trimble is more than likely the starter? Maybe Ian Thomas, but I think it's going to be Trimble. You know, I was upset because I wanted to see the Darnold to Dan Arnold touchdown, and we never got it. And uh, super disappointing. It would have been so meta. It would have been amazing. There would have been a thousand tweets about it, and now we don't. we missed that opportunity. So thanks, Carolina. Um, you know, Tommy Tremble scored this week on a on a sweep. They they used him a lot like how, you know, the Titans and now the Patriots, even though he had the worst game of his career this week, John U. Smith. Um, if they use his athleticism like that and they start to move him around the field, because this offense doesn't typically do anything with the tight end. Trust me, I own Ian Thomas in enough freaking leagues um, that I know they don't use the tight end very much. But I think that they have something with Tommy Tremble. I know a lot of people liked him coming out. The athleticism is there. And if there's anybody in the dynasty industry that's a sucker for athletic tight ends, you're looking at him on this podcast. I only stock about five or six per roster. I still have Josh Oliver on rosters. I've got Foster Moreau. I'm a big Donald Parham guy. Like you Drew, name Drew him, Sample? Can we get a can Drew I've, Sample get some love? I've got Drew Sample on some rosters still. Uh, Dawson Knox, who's, hey, 
he's paying off. He's like ninth in routes run at the tight end position this year. So Dawson Knox season, he scored two two weeks in a row. I'm happy as a pig in poop. And David and Joku, I have everywhere. Like I am a hoarder of athletic tight ends. And you know, if one of those pays off, I'll feel good about it. <laughs> um, but I think I like Tommy Tremble. If they can start to use the tight end in this offense, um, maybe they get an injury to one of their receivers and they start to use the tight end more. But uh, it's going to be a wait and see on guys like Tremble. I don't think he's going to make an instant impact, but it does move a body out of the way for him to play more. Uh, Ian Thomas is playing a lot of snaps, but he's blocking a lot. Um, again, another athletic tight end. They just don't seem to use him at all. So I'm not super like into into Tommy Tremble because of the offense that he's in, but I like the player. Um, he wouldn't rank for me above any of those guys that I just, well, he'd probably rank above like the, maybe the Josh Oliver's of the world and Drew Sample and guys like that. But I'd still have Njoku and Knox and, you know, all those guys ahead of him. But Tommy Tremble, the athletic profile, good situation. Yeah. But I will say this on the uh, Carolina end. So JC Horn broke his foot and he's out for a while. He broke a lot of bones in his foot. They're a competitive team and they got to play Dallas this week. So they're like, you know what? We need a corner. So I like that trade for them. Real football trade of getting Henderson to replace Horn at the corner spot. Because Carolina, that defense, man, top notch. They are looking great. Well, I will give you a sneak preview of one of my bets more than likely tomorrow. It's going to be the under in the Dallas-Carolina game. I think it's currently around 52. And Dallas's defense looks pretty good. And Carolina's defense is really looking good. And I... I I think that's a high number. But, Jerry, yeah. what did you think? I, you know that I've been a, a Trimble guy. I'll give you my take in just a second. But what was your take when you heard this This little trade went down? I mean, I'm such a child that I'm still focused on as happy as a pig in poop because that, uh, that was a fantastic line. <laughs> I mean, he's a guy, you've talked about him a hell of a lot this offseason. So if you got some takes on him, take it away because – He's just a guy. I am not a tight end hoarder. I do have Josh Oliver on a team, though. You're a, you're a smart man, Jerry. It's a, no, it's a hard I, life I, to don't, live. Don't, don't give me too much credit. I, I, I treat, uh, to live, man. Like lottery tickets. I think the Powerball, if you live I in a state, too. you live in a state where like you have the Powerball. It's like $500 million. I mean, why wouldn't you buy a couple of tickets? Why wouldn't you I, throw young athletic I, tight ends on the back end of your taxi? I was early on Darren Waller, and I sold him in every league that I have him in. I've got Logan Thomas in a ton of spots. So it has paid off in the past. So I'm not complaining, but it's been two out of, like, you know, ten. Um, but at that hit rate, I mean, I, I got a load for Darren Waller in a couple auction leagues. Uh, so, yeah, they are lottery tickets. And go ahead on Tremble Memphis, and then I have a thought on that Panthers game, by the way. No, you're good. My, my thought is that I just – I want him. If he breaks out, why wouldn't you want him? First of all, he's got a Notre Dame pedigree. Every every league's got a, got a Notre Dame fan. It's Tyler Gunther. There Tyler, you go. If you're in a league with Tyler, it's Tyler. Tyler, Tyler. Aloysius Gunther the third. He is the biggest Notre Dame <laughs> fan. Aloysius the third. The third. By the way, Procise days. CJ Procise, oh. Will Fuller. If you have a Shamrock, you have a special place in Tyler's heart. But yeah, because here's the thing: out of all the out of all the guys that you could hit on. From hey now, uh, from a from a exponential value increase, is there any place better to hit than tight end? I mean, it's a wasteland outside of Kittle, Kelsey, Hawkinson, Waller, maybe Andrews some week. Some nice bounce but, back week this week. Yeah, but but outside of that, outside of those four or five guys, you're just scraping and hoping and begging to get a consistent performing guy. And if you do. So let's say Tommy Trimble hits and he becomes a top eight tight end in, in Dynasty, but you already have a Waller or a Hawkinson, and you want to flip him, you can get a huge ROI. Tyler said Harrison Bryant, that's another guy. 
But yeah, that's my take on on Tommy Trimble is that if he does, because I like this offense. Sam yeah. Darnold's playing well. Good weapons around him. And and I mentioned this on one of our patron pods a while back. People are like, you know, they, they drafted Terrace Marshall and they re-signed Robbie Anderson. What are they going to do with DJ Moore? What if, and it's a big what if, but what if DJ Moore is going to be part of a trade package to get a Deshaun Watson or to get an Aaron Rodgers? Because that's what teams are already saying. They, they've wanted. They want a star. And if you got Robbie and, and, and Terrace and Tommy... I don't think you need to trade for Rodgers, though. He's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. No, 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 no. They have his rights for this year and one more year. But Uh, they can't franchise tag him. They gave themselves just enough of an out that they could still potentially flip him. So so if you're Green Bay, what what would you want? Because more than likely, you're not going to be able to re-sign Devontae Adams. You're going to want a legit wide receiver one. So I hope this doesn't happen. And a quarterback. I'm, I'm, put, I'm putting the Maloik on my boy, Sam Darnold. He's doing great. So you want to talk about the Carolina-Dallas game? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, the hot name this week on all the, the redraft waiver wires and everyone that has Chuba Hubbard on their roster is like, oh, man, McCaffrey's going to be out. And they're going to start him this week, and I think that's a mistake. I think starting Hubbard as like a flex against Dallas is not going to get you anything. Um, so just don't fall into that trap if you're setting your lineup of like, oh, I have this new shiny toy that's a starting running back. Dallas's run defense is very, very good, and I don't think Chuba's going to do anything this week. So that's just a word to the wise when you're setting your lineups this week. That's all. I agree 100% because they didn't put Christian McCaffrey on the short-term IR. So if it was that severe, he was going to miss three games. If I were to happen to land Chuba in a redraft league, I would try to trade him to a GM who maybe has like a Damian Harris who had a bad week. Last week, can I can I flip a guy who might be a one or two week starter for a guy I might be able to flex? Because by believe it or not, the injuries have, have already started, and the bye weeks are right around the corner. So yep. all right, got one more piece of news for you guys. It's not official yet, but we want to be ahead of the curve. Marlon Mack and the Colts have agreed to explore a trade for the former Colts starting running back. Uh, he's he's cleared medically. He's looked okay in camp. He's only had a few snaps. But with Jonathan Taylor being the bell cow and the team just extending Naheem Hines, Jerry, I'll start with you. Where's a good spot for Marlon Mack to land? Uh, I don't think it matters because I don't think Marlon Mack matters. He's an older guy. He's coming off the Achilles. He's 25, Jerry. Yeah, but the Achilles adds at least six years in running back years. And he's never really been a star sort of guy. Like, no matter where he lands, are you really going to be worried about him taking carries? Like significant workload? I just, I can't see it. I don't at all. We live in a world where people were rushing to the waiver wire to add such things as uh, our friend Tyler is posting in the YouTube live chat. As Corderell Patterson, Sony Michelle, Elijah Mitchell. Why wouldn't you? You know, Tyler, Tyler, for those that don't know, I mean, if and shame on you even more for not listening to the Dynasty Happy Hour and knowing that Tyler is a huge Atlanta Falcons fan. But I think Atlanta makes a lot of sense. You know, the Dolphins, I've not been impressed with Gaskin in, in that group. I mean, why not the Raiders? John Gruden just loves a, a group of misfit toys. Why See, not, but like, why it, not the it, Patriots? I mean, but that like, makes if sense. You're talking, if you're talking fantasy, though, like, you're usually not relying on those running backs anyway because they've been dog shit. And then Marlon Mack's going to come in. Like, what what kind of role is he going to have there? Like, if he takes four touches, I don't care either way. Jarek McKinnon's not doing anything. I don't think they're going to bring in Marlon Mack. What about Baltimore? 
I mean, I mean, do you think Baltimore's ecstatic with Latavius Murray and No, but like do I care about any of the Baltimore running backs as it is? No, I don't. No. And I think if Marlon Mack shows up, I don't think he's going to have value either. So, honestly, I think he is 100% irrelevant regardless. I don't think he affects anybody that he goes to because the only places he would go to are places that are dog shit as far as running back production is concerned. So, I I just so I'm just trying. To, I'm, I'm trying to think of, of contenders, like a contend. I think maybe the Colts hold off until someone loses a running back. Especially, maybe he maybe he would get traded to Pittsburgh to back up Najee because they don't have they have a thin depth chart and they're using yeah. Najee Harris on 96 percent of snaps. Like it's only a matter of time before like Najee probably gets the day. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, whoa. Mm-mm. Don't be saying that stuff. Come <laughs> no, on, don't, don't, don't put that into the universe. These running backs they get hurt and often. <laughs> Yes, yes, they do. So maybe, maybe the Colts, because the trade deadline's right around Halloween. So they've yeah. got about a month. Maybe they sit on him for a couple of weeks and wait and see what develops. So that is normally the segment we call good people, bad tweets. But there's a little bit of news. There, there, there's uh, also some other news, Memphis, that oh, oh, you hold, to- hold on, totally hold on. dismissed. Hold on one second then. Doug, around these parts, we have a breaking news story. you got to get the breaking news drop. Please. Breaking news. Josh Gordon has been reinstated for the fifth time, and he's signed with the Kansas City Chiefs, and everyone's lit because Patrick Mahomes makes everyone a star receiver. No, he doesn't. But Josh Gordon signs with Kansas City. People are falling in this trap again. Like It's like you're walking through the woods. You stepped in a bear trap once, and you're like, huh, I stepped in that a few years ago. Let me go walking in the woods again. Oh, there's a bear trap, and you step right in the damn thing, and it snaps into your leg, and you're like, I'm such an idiot. This is what people are doing. Josh Gordon's name still has cachet. He still has swag, and people are never giving up on him. Sorry, Izzy. People are never giving up on him, and he signed to their (laughs) practice squad. Like, he's not even going to be on the active – maybe he plays in four or five weeks, and then God knows what happens because every time he's got to a good place, New England, Seattle – Something happens. I'm sick and tired of Josh Gordon. I hope him well as a person. I think it's the combination of not only Josh Gordon, and it's amazing what one great year will do. 20, 2013 will never die. Never die. For, <laughs> never. You know, what was it, like 1,600 yards and 16 touchdowns? That's hard to forget. But it's also, it, it, I don't think it was as big of a deal if he signed in. Buffalo. Well, maybe Buffalo, but this is Kansas City. This is Andy Reid. This don't is care. Patrick. He's killing Kelsey and no one else. <laughs> yeah. I, I think don't care is about the best. It's don't funny because, you know, we've got a lot of younger people in our in our community sort of coming up that, you know, are like 19 years old. And they're like, who in the hell is Josh Gordon even? But then all us like old Flash guys. Gordon. Like, Isn't that like a superhero or something? <laughs> right. And if, all the old guys are like, oh, it's if, time. I don't know. I, I'm with Doug on this. I don't give a crap about yeah. Josh Gordon. If he's free, sure, I'll pick him up, throw him on the end. But he's not. Somebody's been holding on to him since oh, 2013. Oh, he, he's. I mean, he's. People probably, are still I, holding Andrew Luck, so people are still holding Josh Gordon. I, I, I feel seen. So anyway, <laughs> uh, I, 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 I do don't, you really? I, do you really still have a roster uh, with Andrew Luck? Uh, up in, I mean, up until the no, last couple so. of years, what I would do is, is like the last waiver run of the season. I would pick Andrew. Up. I would pick Andrew Luck up in Superflex leagues, and then literally cut him once camp gets going. Because here's the thing: what's the value of carrying a like a I don't know? Just just think of a random wide receiver. Martavis Bryant. What's the difference? <laughs> yeah, what's the difference between carrying a random wide receiver all off season, 
on the back end of your roster? Because like, a lot of us play in 25, 30-man rosters. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you rather just carry Andrew Luck from February 1st? Are you, are you going to do it again this offseason? I, I always I do it every week. Has well, it? Has we I? have we haven't hit the threshold Jerry, where you're like, you know what? I don't think he's coming back yet. Well, well, here's the thing, Jerry. You're married. You don't have the kids. Doug has kids. Mm-hmm. You know, as as he has kids, he might be like, "Fuck, I gotta get out of this goddamn house." Hey, Carson Wentz is not working out too well in Indy. Hey, Jim, buddy, and and, and again, or Pittsburgh it, comes calling. It, it costs it costs nothing to carry him for four months. Because if he doesn't pick up on a team, you just cut him. But, but again, could you name one other player that you would pick up on a dynasty waiver wire run the last week of the year that you could hold on to for four months that would be worth even a fraction of what Andrew Luck would be worth if he happened to come back? Like, just imagine, like, so we can all see the hype that Josh Gordon gets, right? Every time he comes back, anytime any news about Josh Gordon. If Andrew Luck, now I'm not, I am firmly in the camp that Andrew Luck is done and never playing. And we've already given way too much time towards him. But in the event that that man actually said he was going to come back and play football, Twitter would burn to the ground. It would be insufferable. And, and I if would he didn't play for Indy, it would be bad. Yes. Well, well, Indy, Indy has his rights and uh, Jim Ursay paid out his contract and didn't go af- after any of his signee money. They have a pretty good, like I said, is it a zero percent chance? No, it's 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 slightly more than zero. So again, I'd rather carry him than some random scrub toward the end. And uh, you know what, Andrew Luck probably needs to do. He probably needs to shave his balls, which reminds us of our of our sponsor, Manscaped.com. You know, uh, I shaved mine. I can't show this. This is YouTube. It's not Pornhub. <laughs> but, but but thank God. Only fans for that matter. Yeah. Or oh, wait, Jerry, write that down. Dynasty Warzone only fans. But. I mean, no. take, take care. Take care of your stuff. You know, um, do you want to look around unkept? Do you, Do you want to Do you want to be around your your significant other? And, you don't and, make it and, look bigger. That's yeah. the whole thing. Do you, do you want are, it looking like Andrew Luck's neck beard? I don't think you no. do. No, you want it to look like an angry thumb, a button on a fur coat. No, knock knock the knock the branches back. Clean that up. Manscaped.com. All you got to do is go to manscaped.com. When you go to checkout, you use the promo code zone that knocks away like the 10 bucks or whatever the shipping is, and it saves you 20% off of retail. Why wouldn't you want to do that? You get to clean up your junk just like and, and then here's the thing, if you never run it across your junk, it would make a pretty sweet cordless trimmer. And just because it starts with manscaped doesn't mean it can't be womanscaped. We have plenty of ladies that listen to the Dynasty War Zone. Everybody needs to, I'm, I'm a big fan of self-care. And that's a pretty important part of my anatomy. You know what I'm saying? So clean it up. Manscaped.com, promo code ZONE at checkout, and uh, take care of your junk. So, all right, we're going to go into, this is the last week, Jerry, by the way, impressed or distressed. Next week, we'll be, we'll be converting this to buys and sells. But since Doug is our guest... Doug, is there a player that you've been impressed with through three weeks? Maybe you're not quite ready to put the offer in. And I do, before we, we get out of here tonight, I want to talk about your most recent trade. Oh, but sure. is there a player through three weeks that you're like, damn, playing a lot better than I expected, and if he continues to impress me, I might be looking to acquire on my dynasty rosters? Yeah, I'm going to give you, before I give you one, I'm going to give you a, deep, a deeper cut. Um, I've watched some Cleveland Browns games here and there. And um, Demetric Felton looks like he has it. 
And, you know, the way that they use running backs in Cleveland, Kareem Hunt, who, by the way, looked a little slowish this week. Um, still a great running back, don't get me wrong. And they have Nick Chubb. If either one of those guys were to go down, uh, Dem- Demetric Felton has that juice. He reminded me of like a young Giovanni Bernard um, when I've seen him play. And uh, I went searching out in my leagues for him, scooting up in a couple of leagues. So I was uh, I was pretty happy about that. So that's a deeper cut. Um, as far as players that you know, I- I'm impressed with, I think there's guys that I want to go out and get right now, like Rashad Bateman, who hasn't played yet. But I think when he does, he is going to definitely impress. I'll give you one. Michael Pittman. So Michael Pittman Jr. is right in you know Memphis's neighborhood. So this is a you know the little bit of a softball if he wants to talk about him. But I've been really impressed with Michael Pittman. You know, week two, I could have started him in a couple leagues. I was like, oh Ramsey, he's going to be on that. They moved they're moving Ramsey around a lot more, so he's not that shadow corner that he has been in years past. But Pittman had a great game. You know, he comes back late in this last game, six for sixty eight with a hobbled Wentz. He's the alpha in that offense. You know, T.Y. Hilton's still hurt, and he's kind of washed anyway. Zach Pascal, he'll give you some fantasy-relevant weeks, sure. But Michael Pittman is the guy, and he's profiling like an alpha over there. So that's the kind of guy that I want to try and go get. Um, you know, you're not necessarily buying low at this point, but I think um, I'd like to pay the price now before the price goes up by the end of the year. So give me the bulldog, Pitbull, or the Pitbull, rather, because his dad was the Pitbull, Pittman. His dad was yoked, by the way, back in the day. That's guns, guns. Oh, just swole. He was like David Boston, but a running back. Yeah, there's, there's certain guys that have that real dense muscle fiber look to him, and that was his dad. Just uh, LeBron Landry, the safety. Yeah, he was. Uh, oh, I, yeah, I think he might have been performancely enhanced. Uh, he steroided his way out of the league, but that dude was yoked. <laughs> Jerry, what do you what do you think about? I love Pittman. I mean, we're a Pittman show here. I, I think. I, this is not going to go down a Carson Wentz rabbit hole, but I, I think there's still plenty of upside, regardless of who the QB is. So I'm, I'm firmly in on the Pittman take. Jerry, what do you think about Pittman, and then who's impressing you? Uh, I mean, back-to-back games with 12 targets. Like, what else What else can you say? Like, what else do you want? We're, we're a game of opportunity, you and if you're going to get opportunity like that, yes, you have to be in on him. Mm-hmm. My guy's a dude that was – he's had such a weird career. Like, great – you know, great scout, you know, scouting guy, prospect. There's the word. Jesus, Jerry, you got to work on your English. But great as a prospect, mid-first round pick, you know, when he came out as a rookie, struggled a little bit. He had a huge touchdown season. He finally hit a 1,000 yards, a different season, sort of fell off. And right now he is absolutely going bananas, and it's Mike Williams. Fantasy number, he, fantasy receiver number two, by the way. Like, just, you know – I don't know if he's hit double-digit targets every game, but it's very close, at least like 70 yards and a touchdown every game. Like, Mike Williams has been a monster. I I don't necessarily want to go trading a ton right now, but I think now is the time you'll have to do it because if he does it for the first entire month of the season, this man is no longer going to be a bargain. He is going to be an expensive asset. He's still 26 years old. He's tied to Justin Herbert. And if you end up being the guy there, you are you are set up for several years. He can be a cornerstone of your roster. You know, it's tough because I've I've sort of seen some of the story from him before and it's been ups and downs. But I am definitely absolutely impressed and a little bit stunned by the lack of production and consistency from Mike Williams this year. And talk about timing on his part, contract year. 
They picked up his fifth-year option. And whether it's in L.A., I almost said San Diego, whether it's in L.A. or whether it's in uh, another team, that dude's going to get paid. But, you know, do you remember when they came out and said that he was going to uh, play the Michael Thomas role, Joe Lombardi, the offensive yep. coordinator, came over. And I, I, if I could remember the person, because we, we take the time to bring up good people with bad tweets. This is a good person with an interesting tweet. They tweeted out Michael Thomas's first three games of 2019 and Mike Williams' uh, first three games of 2021. He's actually on a better pace than Michael Thomas that year. So for me, uh, I love it. And, and for me, my guy's Daniel Jones. Mr. Jones and me. Now, for those that have listened to the show Look for years, this know, guy. I, I know Mr. Real professional. Jones and me. Get it. I don't think I, there's copyright infringement if Doug just starts singing on the podcast. I think I do have that song on my uh, on my on my iTunes. If not, I can get. It. I have Apple Music. The young but, listeners are like, "What in the hell?" Like, these, these old, old dudes talking. talking. <laughs> you know, if you if you you want to look for some one hit wonders, look, Mister the Counting Crows, Counting Mr. Crows. Jones. Well, they had put up a parking lot. Was a big one. No, no. That was like a remake. It was a cover. Da, da, but, da, da, that was a terrible. Man, we're song. just like just just here and loving. The voice of the angels, man. They just I did. Love, they, this was this is something I was not prepared for. They are loving. So like uh, my, my counting crows, Daniel Jones reference. So I mean, the, the guy has looked great. They they brought in all these weapons, but the weapons have been terrible. Well, that's not fair. Sterling Shepard was playing pretty good before he got yes. hurt. Uh, Kenny Galladay's always hurt. You know, if anyone ever uttered the phrase "fuck you, give me my money," could it be Kenny Galladay? I mean, he got, he got seventy-two large. I see Jerry laughing. Late in free, got... late in free agency too, which is the shocker. Like, did they really have to pay him that much? No one and, and, was there. Anybody even asking? And, and, and regardless of where you get your metrics, um, I know Vegas. Vegas likes to use QBR, which is an ESPN invented stat. But the Vegas podcast that I listen to, they used. Uh, they use uh, QBR. Daniel Jones is 11th in the league right now. And then PFF has them graded as their fourth highest graded QB on the season. I mean, you can only imagine what happened if the weapons were actually decent and could actually stay healthy. And the, and they got an offensive coordinator that made sense. Oh, Garrett's you know, the, terrible. The, the clapper. So, Doug, I'm going to throw it back to you. What do you think about Daniel Jones? I've been on him for a long time. It's actually good to see him playing well. I could have went Sam Darnold again. That would be boring. We talk about <laughs> Sam Darnold all the time. That's my guy. But, dude, Dan, but Daniel Jones is, is really impressed. And, like, it's not just an opinion. The, the numbers and the metrics back it up. Yeah, Daniel Jones is okay. I think he would be much better with an offensive coordinator that would use him – uh, my buddy Zachary Kruger had a tweet about Lamar Jackson and Daniel Jones and like how Lamar Jackson averages like eight yards a carry on um, scripted quarterback runs and like how they've done so many with Lamar and they've never called one for Daniel Jones and he averages like a pretty hefty yards per carry and yards per carry is a metric that I'm not a huge fan of, but it's good to like comparison. And if they use Daniel Jones like a Konami code QB instead of like Daniel Jones, like not finding anybody open or fucking up a read and just taking off, he would be even better in fantasy. So I think Daniel Jones is, I've never been a huge fan of Daniel Jones. I think he's okay. If he were to get the right offensive coordinator, I'd feel much better about it. But for me, he's like, he's like a rock solid QB two in a super flex league, but I'm not like over the moon with him. So he's just kind of like, eh, he's okay. I'm not, he's a, he's a very inexpensive last of the, the tier of quarterbacks that can run for me um 
you know, after your Lamars and all those guys. Uh, so yeah, not, not huge into Jones. He's still got work to do. Maybe this is the beginning of like a turnaround and I could see that, or maybe he just strings together a few games and then he falls in his face again. I just don't know. Well, I, I like how you worded that. He's, he's a QB two, but he can give you QB one game so far in the season. He's had 21, he had 29. And then this past week he had 16 and a half with basically no targets. He lost Galladay midway through the game. He, he lost, lost Shepard, yeah. uh, which, by the way, was low-key good for Saquon Barkley. So I agree. And whether he is plying his trade next year in New York, I mean, Pittsburgh's going to need a quarterback. Indy could be back in the quarterback market. And, you know, listening to last week's show, we had Shane Hallam of, you know, uh, the Draft Network. And, you know, he's talking about this This QB class of rookies has not been, not been great, and there's not a lot of threats to QB jobs. So I like that. He's a QB2 from a price standpoint that can give you QB1 weeks. Mm-hmm. So, Jerry, you're up. Anything on Daniel Jones, and then who is distressing you? Uh, I think Daniel Jones is sort of perfect for this category. Like, I'm impressed by what he has done because, like Doug, I'm not the biggest Daniel Jones guy. We have him together in a league that uh, we're co-owning. He's been nice. He's a guy that I don't normally have. Randy got to pick the guy he wanted. It's been Daniel Jones. It was a good pick, so I don't get to – I don't get to shit on you for that, but you know, I'm, I'm not ready to go crazy yet either. But as far as a person that has distressed me, it's sort of Jonathan Taylor. I mean, he has not been absolutely awesome, which it maybe is not fair to say because it's only been three weeks and he, he was pretty good week one. I think he had like six catches or something, he did six or six had over a hundred yards. But since then, I think it's been one reception every game. The yardage has been 50, 60 ish not scoring touchdowns. I mean, it's like, I'm not ready to sell him off. Don't get me wrong. That's absurd. That's an overreaction, but it, it is distressing a little bit, even with the great Marlon Mack there, of course, which we already talked about. Not going to get into that again, but I don't know. It's just, it sucks. Cause you draft him as potentially the RB one in a startup or very close to it, you know, based on his age and last year. And it's just, it's not been awesome. I'm not, going crazy i'm just i'm watching i'm not selling him not doing anything crazy like i said a thousand times but i don't know i I don't love it you wanted to see some growth in year two and you haven't it's been stagnant and maybe that's you know carson wentz being hobbled in the offense not looking great i don't know i just i hate it what do you guys thought because jt is a very polarizing player and i just it it, it breaks my heart a little bit I love JT. I was in the JT over CEH camp last year. Um, You know, I think with Jonathan Taylor in Dynasty Startups, there was that strong finish to last year. So there was a bit of a recency bias kind of baked into his price. So we always react to the last thing that we saw. So like like David Montgomery, Jonathan Taylor, guys that finish really strong and it's awesome to see. But then, you know, we kind of anticipate like this is how it's going to be going forward. And when you bring in a new quarterback and then that quarterback gets injured, you know, Quentin Nelson gets hurt. They, they lost their left tackle. Costanzo retired. Um, and, you know, there's still Naheem Hines and you, you Marlon Mack, whatever. Uh, so for me, Jonathan Taylor, his price got really high. I, I already drafted him in some leagues. So he's a hold for me. I think he's going to be okay. The, the usage is good. But, I mean, he had, I think he only had like 12 rushes last week. They've just been in game scripts where they've been behind. And their defense is underwhelmed. They've been a disappointing unit as a whole. So, you know, when the defense is disappointing, they can't control the pace of the game. And that's where Jonathan Taylor is going to do the most damage. He had a nice 20-yard run last week. 
I think he averaged like 10 – no, he didn't average 10 yards a carry, but he had a, like he did a really nice job overall. He's just not getting the opportunities in the offense, and I think you just have to hold. Again, I wouldn't buy – I wouldn't sell low. Maybe try to buy if you can. Um, but, yeah, for a guy that's going in the first round of startups, you're kind of like scratching your head and being like WTF, like what's going on. Um, but, I mean, you can say the same thing about some of the other guys that are in that startup area too. I mean, Alvin Kamara's had an okay season thus far. He hasn't done anything yeah. remarkable. So you just have to be patient. And I think we saw it last year for the people that drafted Taylor in Dynasty at 101. People were frustrated through the first seven, eight, nine weeks <laughs> until he finally hit. And I think that you just have to be patient and don't overreact. Um, yeah, it, it's low right now, but I think the ship will right itself, and I think he'll be just fine by the end of the year. And maybe he's not an RB1 this year, but maybe he's a um, a high-end RB2 for you. Or maybe he creeps into that low-end RB1, and I'd be happy with that. Well, I, I was pulling up some data while you gentlemen were, were, were covering your piece and using Sharp Football Stats. That's Warren Sharp's website. And using their their explosive rush defense. So the strength of schedule based on the opponent's rush defense through weeks one through three, the Colts have had the toughest strength of schedule for defenses versus the run. So, you know, they're going to be coming up past that. And uh, I'm, I'm going to adjust this. As the season goes on, uh, they do have Miami, pretty good defense in Miami. Well, they just gave but, up 100 to Peyton Barber, though. <laughs> th- this is true. <laughs> Uh, but but if you go, so they have Miami and then they have uh, Baltimore. But once you get past those games, so in week 6 through 18, Jonathan Taylor has the second easiest strength of schedule for a running back the rest of the way, including, including two games against Houston, including two games against Jacksonville. Life for a man named Jonathan Taylor is going to get a lot easier. Um, again, that website that I was using was sharpfootballstats.com. It's a great tool. It's got You can do it for pass defense, all these things. And I just use that as a way to emphasize, Jerry's a little distressed. I did that as a way to talk my man off of the ledge. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to our guest. Doug, who are you distressed by? You're not maybe moving him or trying to buy low, but you're just like, whoa, this is not what I expected. This is a pretty obvious one, and this one's super concerning. It's Allen Robinson. So, you know, Allen Robinson for years, quarterback proof, doesn't matter. Like, even in tough cornerback matchups, like Allen Robinson would produce for you. Uh, He's got like 80 yards receiving through three weeks, and the offense had one net passing yard last week. That's a fun stat. Um, Matt Nagy needs to go. That's that's not a fun stat. That's a horrible putrid stat. That was actually a really bad stat. (laughs) That was thick sarcasm, by the way. Um, Yeah, I got it. Yeah, uh, so Matt Nagy needs to go. Like, if you don't game script your offense around what Justin Fields' abilities are, and it was an ugly, ugly, ugly ass game. And Allen Robinson, I have him in a league as my he's my wide receiver two three, but I mean he's. He was reliable to be a back end wide receiver one. He, you know, he's usually top ten in the league in targets. He'll put up like anywhere from eight touchdowns is pretty solid for him every year. And he's that nice security blanket. Like, oh, he's going to get a ton of targets. I don't need to worry about it. I can start him every week. And now you're like, holy shit, can I even start Allen Robinson going forward? I mean, there's guys like you know, there's other receivers, and I don't know if Memphis is going to mention them, but um, Allen Robinson to me is deeply concerning because now we've seen through three weeks week one with Andy Dalton I think he scored a touchdown um it's just it's not good and same thing with Darnell Mooney like this offense is just unless they can write the ship really fast and I don't know that Nagy has the 
ability or leadership to do so. Um, he's got to know he's on his last leg. Like him and Pace yep. should be out of there if this team doesn't turn it around. Uh, and I like Fields a lot too. But I mean, he only rushed the ball a few times last week. Like, come on, what are you doing? What are you doing, Matt Nagy? Your play calling has been shit for years. Just go, go. Jerry, I'm going to let you talk about Mr. Mr. Robinson and Mr. Fields because there's a mini Memphis rant inbound, by the way. So, Incoming. Yeah, just to be forewarned. Well, I mean, I'm not going to talk anything a ton because I want to hear it, of course, and because I'm, <laughs> I'm selfish. But, uh, yeah, it is. You know, I've got him in the Warzone Listener League. I traded for him. Uh, he's my wide receiver 2-3. The team's good. Luckily, the team's good because it has not been because of Allen Robinson. It's super concerning. You know, is are we looking at like uh, – and it doesn't look like it's him. I think that's that's the shitty thing that pisses everybody off because it's not like this dude – He's not is, washed at all. No, he's not Elshon Jeffrey. Like you, you saw unbelievable production, and then all of a sudden he was just a shoe clerk out there, and you didn't know what the hell he was doing. He looks like he's good, and it's Matt Nagy. Randy, for the love of all that is good, take this away, my friend. Well, I covered this. <coughs> Excuse me. Right. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I almost died there. Um, that's how fired up I am. I covered this last night on our on our Patreon pod. On the season, he has 10 catches, 86 yards, and one touchdown. That is worse than Devontae Adams Sunday. That is worse than Mike Cooper Kosicki Cups. Mike did that on Sunday without the touchdown. That, that, that is worse than Cooper Cups just Sunday. Of course, of course I'm concerned. But here's the thing. I'm going to go a little low-key buy. If you can find someone panicking, I'm going to buy. He's still younger than, than or within six months of age of Michael Thomas. And the Bears will not be able to afford to franchise tag him a third time. For once in his life, I guess the second time, because he chose Chicago. That's a him problem, not a me problem. Because yeah. he, he chose this pain, by the way. He knew Mitch Trubisky was going to be the QB. But he'll be 29. He'll be in the exact same situation that DeAndre Hopkins was last year. Maybe he'll pick a better location and, and can really maximize. But here's the thing for all you Justin Fields fans. You listen to this show. Thank you. Thank you, by the way, for listening. We love you for listening. This is exactly what we were told you was going to happen. It was never I was anti-Justin Fields. This is Matt Nagy. Mitch Trubisky was a limited quarterback. Matt Nagy gave zero fucks. What was he going to do? He was going to run his offense. His offense is the same with Mitch Trubisky, as it is with Andy Dalton, as it'll be with Justin Fields, as it'll be with Nick Foles, as it will be with Batman, as it will be with the Easter Bunny. It doesn't matter. Matt Nagy runs his offense to the detriment of everybody, including his team. Mitch Trubisky, what was he? He was a pretty good athlete who could throw the ball. Now, what is Justin Fields? He's a really good athlete who can really throw the ball, and Matt Nagy is not going to give zero shits. So I, I don't want to go down the Justin Fields rabbit hole too much, but keep your head up. He shouldn't be here forever. Hopefully he gets let go at the end of the season, It'll and they gone. can bring in a Lincoln Riley. They can bring in one of Joe these Brady. Young, a Joe Brady, a young uh-huh. hotshot. But from the Allen Robinson, from the Allen Robinson perspective, if I can find someone, uh, and I don't need him to be part of my core, and I have a good team, I'll take Allen Robinson. And I'll stash him on the back end of my on my bench. If he turns it around, I'll play him. But if he doesn't, I'll wait until he signs with a better team in May, in March, and then I'll trade him for a profit. You can always use him as a flip candidate. So that's what I got on Still, Allen Robinson. Silver lining on Allen Robinson too. He's got the Detroit Lions this week, and they don't have any corners. So 
even with Matt Nagy actually throwing the ball and running the offense, if he, if he should he should still this be week. In, oh yeah. boy, yeah, I'm I'm with you because oh, the Lions have nobody. I mean, Warrior like is out and Nakuda's out, and and they're the Lions. Like, so it, this is kind of like what I thought was going to be Robert Woods' bounce back week against Tampa because Tampa's secondary is right. last in the league. So I was like, oh, Woods is going to have a huge bounce back. Nope. <laughs> Nope. All right. They, well, they, they tease us. They tease us, Doug. That's the problem. Yeah, just a tip. That's all they do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the 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 Lions are going to be uh, the most overbet team of the week because everybody's going to assume they're feisty, and uh, I I don't know. Maybe their spirit's broken. But for me, the guy I'm just and I've tried. I've tried. I've super tried. I've really tried just to remain positive and neutral on Jalen Hurts, but I got two eyeballs. I watched that game against Dallas last night, and you know what? You know, you know that that funny meme of um, Dave Chappelle playing the crackhead on Fear Factor. Going, Tyrone Biggs. You, you got any more of that crack? That's Jalen. Jalen Hurts is like, you got any more of them Atlanta Falcons? Because that that's what it's going to take. Because when he plays real teams with real defenses, still a QB one this week. Hey, hey, you know what? Because garbage time. And you know what? It cost me a win. Don't care. You, you know what? Jameis Winston was a Blake top eight Q. Garbage hey. time. Still a QB one. Well, their schedule includes games coming up against the Chiefs, which defense has not been great, but they have the Chiefs. They have the Panthers, whose defense has been really good. They've got the Buccaneers. That's an ugly schedule, and I think we're going to look up in about six or eight weeks, and maybe not even eight, and they're going to be something in the neighborhood of two and two and nine. And you know what? I, I tweeted it out jokingly earlier. Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman are going to be like, because they did this last year, right? So what my fear has been all season. We're going to need to see what we have in Gardner Minshew. It's going to happen. If I had to set the number right now for over-under starts the rest of the year for Jalen Jalen Hurts, there's fifteen. I'm sorry, 14 games left to go. Jerry, what would you think is a safe over-under? Eight and a half? See, I, I actually think they're going to keep playing him because as of right now, they have three picks in the top ten. So you're not trying to win the Super Bowl. I don't. I mean, you're not trying to win the division for the most part. You already see this. So problem. they only bench him if he plays starts playing well. No, well, I mean that's it. So they did. That's what they theory. did in week seventeen. I, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, like week seventeen or eighteen, which that would really suck for the championship. It's week seventeen, but I just, I, I really don't think this team is committed to him. Like, I'm happy to have him in redraft. The, the league I had him where I thought I was going to win is a redraft league. I'm not in on him as a dynasty asset if you have three picks in the top 10 and you win four or five games whatever they end up winning before the season's over you gotta sweat draft night in a way that you don't want to sweat draft well, night. I mean, you don't even Jalen have to Hurts sweat draft night if, if they if they move some of those picks and this deshaun watson drama gets all sorted out like that too i mean that would be like, like the, the i mean that, if hurts goes to houston and starts there i'd be cool with that like that doesn't bother yeah me. i mean yeah at least he's still a starter i mean although tyrod looked awesome until he got hurt um if the watson uh, goes to philly like and hurts gets traded he's still a good dynasty asset um in my mind you know chef in the chat says uh hurts is currently qb5 which for fantasy is awesome for real life i think he's i, I agree with jerry here i think he's going to keep starting Minshew, whatever. I, they'll probably start Joe Flacco before they start Gardner Minshew. So I think Hurts is just going to keep it rolling. Um, yeah. Uh, Jameis Winston was a first round. Was, was he the first overall pick? Mm-hmm. He was. He was the QB five for the entire season in 2019 with 30 picks. With th- exactly. So just because you put up counting stats, I mean, I, I was concerned. Again, I I, I have two eyes. 
So yes, Hertz is a sell right now. I, I see. I see. For, Chef for, is in for me as a dynasty asset, I agree. I, I am. I'm all aboard the Hertz train for this year. I, I just. I don't see him going anywhere, and he he is productive as a fantasy asset. Where do you but, see him starting next year? He's not going to start in Houston. Oh, Houston's not. Houston's no, not no, no, going to no. have a top five no, no, no. pick of their it, own. Like usual, this, this motherfucker ain't listening to me. As not a dynasty bit. asset, I don't think he's worth a wet sock. I it, like I I'm I'm trading him. I just I don't really see him starting. If you know if if he goes to Houston, yes, you're excited that you get him. You know if ifs and buts are candy and nuts, it'd be Christmas all year long. That's I mean I I just I'm not in on him as a future asset. That's that's my thing with Jalen Hurts. Loving it. Loving yeah, it sitting atop my my redraft standings right now because of him. But yeah, that was the that he he was always a seasonal piece for me. So so there you go. That is impressed and distressed. And if you like that sort of thing, actually last night I did buys and sells on the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone. I gave three buys, three sells to help with your roster. And if you love Dynasty and your group chat's already dried up, I know some of mine have, like a little early, to be quite honest. Jerry, what's the average? A hundred, a hundred messages a day, if not more. Uh, I mean, it, it. It. I feel like every time I'm away from the chat, it's way more than that because my phone vibrates. My wife has to think I have 38 girlfriends. The way the she Patreon does, she does not think you have 38 girlfriends. Or a vibrator with a really good battery. One of the two. Yeah, so, <laughs> that, that's why your phone's always dead. <laughs> Jerry's wife. Jerry's Jerry, wife. Jerry, those your vinegar there. strokes again. <laughs> Jerry, who's this hoe listed as DWZ Dynasty Warzone <laughs> chat in your phone? But no, it, it, it's a great group chat. And not only do we have a Dynasty group chat, we have a betting group chat, we have a rookie group chat, and a redraft chat. So we have a lot of stuff going on, as well as roster advice. Hey, maybe you're stuck. Maybe you don't know what to do with your roster. Come on over. Dynasty Warzone at patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Come hang out with Jerry and I. We'll help you with your roster. We'll get you in the chat. You'll get a bonus podcast every week. It's, it's a week ahead. It'll be in a week ahead. So all of that goodness can be found at patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. So, all right, we'd like to wrap this show up with some advice. Uh, Jerry, you're our resident rebuilder. So what, what, what are you offering out there as a piece of advice? You're rebuilding. Maybe you screwed up and you won a game. What are you doing with your rebuilding roster? Maybe you're one and one and two, zero oh and three. Uh, what are you doing right now? So, um, just to sort of build on the things that I've said in the last two weeks, because those are all the same. Um, now is when you can start to see the standing sort of, you know, shaking out how you think they're going to do. Those are going to be the picks that you're going to want to go through. Not necessarily the team that's one and two or zero oh and three. Look at the point totals. Look at who has injured players. Look at who has bad quarterbacks if you're in a super flex league. Those are the teams I'm trying to get there first from them right now before they realize that they're going to have 103, 104, and they're still thinking that they can put it together and it's going to be 109. So I think sort of right now in the next like week or two is sort of the time where you can you can get increased value from rookie first-round picks by owners that don't realize it's their time to try and cut their losses and build upon next year. That's the thing is, you know, you could be one and two and you could not be doing good, but then you look at the team that's three and oh, and they have 150 more points than everybody else. You need to realize that you're not going to beat them. You're not going to turn it around that fast. So you need to work on next year already. I know it's only week three and 
oh, it's an overreaction. I, I assure you it's not. You play for first. Second doesn't really mean a damn thing in this game. I don't I, I don't want to be Ricky Bobby. If you're not first, you're last. I just you always want to win because winning gets you six years of free league play, which is always a wonderful time. Or you can rub Randy's nose in the dirt, which is even more fun for me, which is really what I'm trying to do. Even though he is kicking the shit out of me in our big money league, he's actually he's got a good team in that. We're going to talk about it at some point this year, I'm sure, because he's a cocky son of a bitch. So he yeah, definitely I, will. I, I, am a, I am a handful. Now, now, Doug, you're a champion. Doug, you, I'm gonna give you. What are you doing with your contenders right now? So you're you're a contender. You're two and one with a good roster, or you're three and zero. Oh, you're cruising along. What are you doing right now? You making any big moves? You staying pat? What are you doing with your championship uh, or your playoff bound teams? So me, the tendency that I have, and you know, I'm in too many leagues, and the leagues that I'm two and one and three and zero, oh, I'm not. I'm not a super active trader. Now, if I look at my rosters, I do kind of take like a very critical look at my rosters and say, all right, what what blind spots might I have or weak spots do I have? And if my teams look pretty good and it's rolling pretty good and my depth is decent, I, don't, I tend not to make moves because I like draft picks. Um, if it's a little bit later in the season when we get closer to the trade deadline and things change, because we all know that fantasy football can change on the stop of a dime, right? It can cut quicker than LaShawn McCoy. Uh, so as we get to the trade deadline, that's when I'm more apt to maybe acquire a piece because now you're like eight, nine weeks into the season and you have a real big baseline for how these players are going to perform. Um, so maybe I'm going out and trying to get that veteran. Maybe it's a Brandon cooks, which it isn't going to cost me a first round pick in leagues. Probably it's probably going to cost me a second. And I'm okay with that. If he shores up my depth piece, or I'm starting to look at playoff schedules, in fantasy and like, Hey, maybe Brandon cooks has an awesome schedule in week 15, 16 and 17. Good point. And that's the guy that I want. Cause that guy, I could be starting over the guy that's been my wide receiver too, but he's got a tough schedule. So looking at that, you can't rest on your laurels with like, Oh, I've got Deandre Hopkins, but maybe his schedule is shit down, down the stretch run. And you need a guy that schedule is great. Q David Montgomery last year, right? We all saw it coming. He had the softest schedule in the world. If you went out and traded for David Montgomery, congrats, you probably won the championship if you were already a contending team. So making that kind of move is critical. And I typically don't make that move until a week or two before the trade deadline because then I just have a larger basis of data and trends uh, in front of me. And I start to look down the road. A lot of you know, the real savvy dynasty players will look into the playoffs early in the season. You have some guys that are on autopilot that have lost out. They don't care. But part of the trade value to me is a player is more valuable if they have that really easy schedule down the stretch run. And when you're trading for that player, the guy that's trading him might not even realize that. So you have to take advantage of that um, and really bulk up your roster for those matchups to win that championship if you're winning now. Hey, let me um, let me ask you a follow up real quick though, Doug. So yeah. let, let's say you're a contender and you just lost Christian McCaffrey for how however long. Like sure. we, we don't know. It could it could be a couple weeks. Are you trying to find a replacement? Are you just trying to hold out for a couple of weeks, trying to just get in the playoffs, thinking that you have a championship caliber roster, so all you have to do is get into the playoffs? Or are uh, you a person that doesn't want to risk it and just wants to get as many wins as you can to get there? I never panic. Um, for me, my, the goal at the beginning of the year for all my fantasy leagues, whether it's redraft or dynasty, is just get into the playoffs. I don't care what my record is. I could get in and I'm eight and six or whatever. Don't care. I've gotten into leagues. There was one league redraft one year 
I snuck into the playoffs and was the sixth seed. I won the matchup by like two points to get into the playoffs, and then I won the whole league. So to me, it's just just get into the show because it's a whole different ballgame. We see it every year. Like the players that got you there aren't necessarily the players that win you the damn thing. So for me, it's just get into the playoffs. If I lose McCaffrey, like right now, McCaffrey, like, oh my God, yes, it sucks to lose CMC. You might be without him for two weeks. But I look at my rosters that have CMC and I'm like, all right, I can get by. If I go one and one and if he's out for two weeks, that's a win. Don't care. So for me, I'm not going to panic and give up assets and try to like uh, be frantic and be like, I need to win still. It'll work out if you have a good roster. Don't overpay because of a panic. Just get into the playoffs. By then, if everyone's healthy, you should be good to go. And and for me, I'll take the the team in the middle. Um, this week, this week, if I'm one and two, and I don't think I'm going to get in, I'm going to pack it in, kind of like Jerry said. Don't don't fight uphill. You know wh- wh- why go all the way to get the 105, especially in a one QB league. You know this is going to be a deep draft class. I just don't think it's going to have a, a star-studded draft class. Now we say that, and we thought this past draft class was going to be excellent, and then you start looking at the rookie scoring, and it's it's rough. So I'm not getting too caught up in draft picks right now. What I'm doing as a middling team is I'm going around and I'm looking at those those GMs that are already 0-3. And, and you know they're done. Jerry, this is your roster in the big money yep. league that we're in. I've yep. gone through there and I'm looking for those little bitty gold nuggets that could I get for a second. Here's one, that, and I'll give you one. I gave this on the on the Patreon pod last night, Zach Moss. Here he is. He's finally, the last two weeks, he's taken over the majority of the snaps in the Buffalo backfield. And in the last two games, he's put up 15 and 18 points in his last two games. He did miss the first game. But because of that, if you just look macro, if you look at a macro level, he is uh, the RB25. But if you go in a points per game, he is actually, as this uh, website filters. Probably like RB like 10 or 12. Look at the, check out the big brain on Doug. He is the RB ten on, on a points per game basis, and, and and I'm looking to to snap up guys like that, guys that I can get for a second. Uh, I made a trade with with Jerry before. This is a team where uh, I'm a contender. Shocker, I know, I know, not not a shocker, but J- Jerry could have been a contender. I'm a contender. Could have been somebody, could've but been somebody. Uh, I gave Jerry my 2023 first. And in return, I got James Robinson and his not a contender's 2023 second. So the gap in those picks, it could be six players. It could be two players. If he gets the 101, very likely, by the way, it's Jerry. And I got the 112, very likely, because, well, it's me. And that, that pick could be off by one spot. But I get a free roll on James Robinson the rest of the year. And what do you know, just before I made the trade, James Robinson had his best usage and best scoring game of the year. James Fire. Robinson's not dead. He's not dead yet. And, he's not going to be dead either. I, th- I think he's going to be a big part of this Thursday's game. That's neither here nor there. But those are some of the th- kind of things I'm doing. is Regardless if I'm a contender, I'm doing the same thing. I'm not looking to make the big move now. I'm looking to scoop up the Zach Mosses of the world. I'm looking, you know what? If I can give someone, this will, this will blow people's minds. You'll be like, that's not a very good take. If I can give a third for Mike Davis, I don't know. Everybody's like, ooh, gross. Mike Davis, he's gross. I mean, here's the thing. 10 points, 13 points, 11 PPR points. It ain't great, but if you need someone to band-aid The running back through, position sucks. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and, and, and if, you're, if you're a contender, 
if you're a contender and and you need and you need just a little bit of uh just a little bit of uh, something to get you by i'm looking to band-aid it with thirds and fourths so that's what i got for you um i do want to talk about your trade real quick doug you had a big trade um a lot of people know i'm in the ultimate dynasty podcasters league well if you go to the league it says Dynasty Warzone. I don't let Jerry anywhere near that. This is not a productive struggle roster. This is a, a good <laughs> roster. And uh, uh, But you're in this league, and you made a trade with your co-host, Mr. Tyler Gunther. Tell us about yeah, it. Yeah, that's a uh, former champion of the UDPLDU, mister. All right. So yeah, yeah, the tra- yeah. That was like a 19? Uh, yeah, a year. couple years ago. Uh, yeah. So I, I had the 101 in this league. I was a, cont- I was a contender. I got injuries. My season sucked. And it was a battle between me and Izzy Alcafas for the 101. I got the 101. I took Trevor Lawrence. I traded for Joe Burrow in the uh, during the season with Tyler. He, I traded Zeke Elliott, Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, and I got back Joe Burrow, Devin Singletary, and a bag of footballs. There was probably a pick in there here and there. So my goal was like, all right, build around Burrow, build around Lawrence. It's a super flex league. My other quarterbacks, I've got Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. I had Cam Newton, who was a starter at the time. Yeah, whatever. Um, so Tyler approached me. He's blowing his team up because Tyler, it's usually what he does. He'll strip it down quick. He's like a wrecking ball. It's a beautiful building. And then boom, it's right leveled to the ground. So he sends me an offer and, you know, Trevor Lawrence to me was kind of untouchable, but I'm like, all right, this offer is very intriguing. My wide receiver room is a bunch of decent options. I've got like Corey Davis, Christian Kirk's played well for me this year. Jacoby Myers had a nice game last week. Preston Williams, AJ Green, a bunch of guys that are kind of startable, but not great. Um, Denzel Mims on the taxi. That one hurts. Um, So he sends me a trade offer for Lawrence. It's Trevor, my Trevor Lawrence in a 2022 third, which was his. So it'll be the top of the third round, whatever. Um, And in return, I get Jared Goff, Jamar Chase, and Chuba Hubbard. So I look at this trade and I'm like, all right, I have Joe Burrow. I traded for T. Higgins in the offseason. I traded away Aaron Jones, and I'm an Aaron Jones. I am the Aaron Jones guy. I traded away Aaron Jones because I needed receivers. I have T. Higgins, and I got a 2022 second because I'm like, Higgins is going to make the leap, and Aaron Jones is getting to that age where running backs are like, he's probably got a couple years left, right? Um, So take the 21-year-old receiver or the 27-year-old running back. Give me the receiver. So I got Burrow. I got Higgins. I have Joe Mixon on that roster. So I'm Bengals heavy. So part of me was like, I like what Jamar Chase is doing. I loved him as a prospect. Do I take on another Bengal and be a Cincinnati fan? Uh, and then I looked at quarterback and I was like, I have Burrow. Goff is a pretty fine QB2 in Superflex leagues. He's only 26 years old. I think he's going to be a starter in this league for multiple years. I don't think he's going to be one and done with Detroit. He's played well on a shit team with nobody. I mean, he's got Hawkinson, he's got Swift, but receiver wise, like it's been a struggle bus. So I like Goff. I was like, you know what? Lawrence, is he the golden child? I even told Tyler on this past Sunday's pod, I think Lawrence is going to have a very similar start to his career. Like Peyton Manning did. People forget that Manning was booty cheeks in his rookie year, like 20 picks, only like 15 touchdowns. He struggled. I think that could be Trevor Lawrence's. Pack. I think the record was 28 picks that Manning had. It was a it lot. Was, it was bad. It was bad. Andrew right? Luck so, had 20 and Peyton had 20. I, I was doing the same research the other okay. day. So it was horrible. I knew it wasn't good. So, and I told Tyler, I'm like, I wouldn't, it wouldn't, the, the skills for Trevor Lawrence are there. So I could see him starting his career very Peyton Manning-esque. Now, is he going to have 
Marvin Harrison on the roster? Is he going to have Marshall? Is he going to have Reggie Wayne? We don't know that. But I think the skills are there with Trevor Lawrence. So for me, it was like in a super flex league, Goff is serviceable, but young receiver Jamar Chase looks to be that guy. And having that stack, you know, I know it's a big DFS strategy, but having that stack on rosters when you can pair Burrow and my receiver room lacked that alpha presence. T. Higgins, I think, is really, really good. But I think Jamar Chase is that alpha dog guy that come by the end of this year and maybe 2022 startups, he's going to have Justin Jefferson-like value. So for me, I can get by with Goff. I still have Burrow, still have Garoppolo, whatever. Um, so it was tough because, you know, you have the 101. But I looked at it this way. I drafted Lawrence at the 101. Jamar Chase went at like the 105 or 106. So the gap was Jared Goff and Chuba Hubbard. I was like, that's not too bad. Well, I, Jerry, you have anything on this trade? No, I, I know you do because you definitely have some takes on Trevor Lawrence. That's for sure. Well, I mean, I, I agree with just about. I think this is one of those rare trades that works out for everybody. Tyler Tyler is a is a. I've nominated him in the past for GM of the year. We do that at the end of the year. We'll do that in our annual award show. Uh, he's won it. JD from the Goat District, uh, Russ uh, Dynasty Outhouse has won this award. Tyler's a great commissioner. He would never tank, but by trading for a guy like like Trevor Lawrence who's struggling right now allows him to put a guy who's going to put less points in there, allow him to get that 101, and... He has three firsts, too, so he's not forced to take a quarterback. And, you know, again, this is based off of the show we did last week with Shane Hallam, because I will put Shane Hallam and how well he's patched into all things college and Devi with anybody in the country. And he's not super impressed with this QB class. I don't think this is the class that Detroit is going to plant their flag on and say, hey, here's our guy of the future. I think they're going to get. I think they're going to get the wide receiver of the future, and then they're going to give Jared Goff one more year in this offense with a, a dynamic rookie wide receiver, another year of Hawkinson, another year of Swift. That offense, that offensive line matures, and then use some of that other draft capital in their defense. I think Jared Goff's going to be safe for two years, mm-hmm. but but Tyler could wind up having a guy because I would not be stunned if by Thanksgiving Urban Meyer has not had a health incident and was uh i said halloween on our podcast just to be uh, spicy yeah (laughs) yeah and and then all then all of a sudden the uh the 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 only prescription is southern california weather for mr urban meyer so for me this is one of those rare trades that makes a ton of sense for both guys and you know tyler's laying the groundwork i mean if you're in a super flex league you got to have your wide receiver one. He's got that. You got to have your QB one. In this case, he's got a couple of good QBs. You know, he's got a bunch of draft picks. And then you, you're competitive. Yeah. You're competitive in this league. And and, and, <laughs> and here's the thing. I'm in this league. And I need, you know, I was going to set my lineup today, and I forgot that it's a must-start three wide receiver leagues. I was trying to plug in an additional running back and take out one of my three starting wide receivers. And the, the rules are like, uh-uh. You gotta have it. So getting that extra wide receiver. Oh, you need a wide receiver? I got some. Let's we we may have to talk after this podcast. Right. That works. I'm but, open. but but that this is this is an example of when making a trade, you go in and you have that conversation. You have to know what each other's goals are around the trade to get a trade like this done. Uh, Jerry, do you have anything before we tell the quick Tyler story of the Jiffy Lube Valvoline? No, no I, I think that is a good trade. And Tyler said it in the chat that he uh, he traded for Lawrence so he didn't have to reach for a bad quarterback and he could go best player available. I did the same thing in a league. I uh, 
you know, I, it, it's, it's a pretty good team. Uh, I had Deshaun Watson's not playing Tua got hurt. I have Dak. So I didn't really have a suitable second quarterback. Uh, I had the guy who is tanking's first round pick that I had acquired in the off season. And he had Trevor Lawrence. And I said, I'll give you your pick back. Give me Trevor Lawrence. We'll call it good. You know, granted Trevor Lawrence isn't going to help me a ton, but it's better than nothing. Um, so I essentially traded the 2021 first overall pick for the 2022 first, just because I'm sort of in the same thing that you talked about with Shane Hallam. Like I- I'm not super in love with any of those guys either. And it's good for Doug. I mean, cause obviously, cause he wants to win and he wants to rub everybody's nose in the dirt. And I hope he rubs your nose in the dirt. Well, I appreciate your, uh, your love and support. And mm-hmm. I-, I think Tyler created that. You read that real quick in the YouTube comments and you just copied what he said, yeah, I don't, I don't want to scratch off lottery ticket. I don't want to guess on Spencer Rattler or Sam Howell or any Matt Carroll, Corral, okay, Corral, Coral, uh, Coral. It's a, it's a fancy color. For you Coral. Dead fans. So, Coral. Yes. Yes. So, so all right, we, we've we've made it. We've made it this far. We will quickly tell the Tyler in the Valvoline bathroom story. We'll make it quick. So uh, Doug, myself, and James, you're, all three members of the Dynasty Happy Hour yep. and myself, we go to a nice event hosted by Rich Dotson of the Dynasty Nerds. By the way, not, not a more humble, kind, but ultra-successful person than Rich Dotson in the space. Um, as good as a dude as you will ever meet. So he hosts a bunch of Dynasty and fantasy analysts at his house. Food everywhere. I mean, wings, pizza. The charcuterie. The Five charcuterie foot board, of charcuterie that his wife made. It was amazing. Was it, it was off amazing. the rails good. So, so, uh, so we we head back and Rich's house from Canton's probably about what thirty five forty minutes. Um, it it was a little bit longer. It was probably closer to an hour. Okay, so so we'll say forty five to an hour. Yeah. And as a father myself, I know Doug's got a couple of boys, Lincoln and, and Ford. Yep. And uh, we've all heard this this question. Hey, uh, I got to pee. And I believe in a in a no pain concept. In my family, there's no bitching, there's no cussing. If someone says they have to go, they have to go. It just means we're delaying the trip. You don't get a bitch about how long the trip takes if we have to stop to use the bathroom. So that was fine. So we stop, and I, I like to you know you know get off the road like near a light, so getting back off on an inter on a busy intersection is easy. So I finally see a place, it's by a light, it's a Taco Bell. If any bathroom is prepared for a leak, it's, it's Taco Bell. And now, Tyler. Mind, and Tyler. Now, now mind you, mind you, you know, no, COVID is like, is, is like it's, it's still here, it's the Delta variant, I'm not going down that. But it has really created staffing issues for a lot of places like a Taco Bell. So I'm assuming this Taco Bell had just enough staff that they could staff the drive-through window because the drive-through window was packed, but the dining room was closed. So Tyler's in a pickle because here's the thing: we've all been there. When you think you have to pee, and you think you're getting ready to get relief, and then you don't, it makes it hurt that much more. You shut that valve off. It, like, is, it, 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 it hurts. So so we pull into a parking spot, and he's like, literally across like a little grassy knoll, not that one JFK, but a different grassy knoll. And what is the, what is in the horizon? It is a it is a Valvoline or a Jiffy Lube or whatever oil change joint. So Tyler jumps out of the back seat, and he he climbs the grassy knoll, runs across the parking lot. Mind you, no one from the Valvoline group 
is is in this area. No yeah. one sees. It's like, it's like an office with a bathroom. We, we, in we've, it. it's we've, we've you've all been in the cube, the, recep- the reception area of of, of a Jiffy Lube. It's two got two seats, ca- two seats, a counter, and a pisser, and that was it. So, so it's like five fifty five. We learn all this after the fact. So, so Tyler goes in. I, I think he tells us it's a number one, but it's a number one plus, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So we're sitting there, we're talking, we're BS, and it's James and, and, and Doug and myself. And, and Doug, what, what happens from then? What's the next chain of events? So Tyler's in the bathroom. It's going on 6 o'clock. Yeah. Tell these people the next chain of events that happens with so, the Jiffy Loop or Valvoline staff. So we're shooting the shit, and I'm like, Tyler's been taking a while. Like, and so maybe- is Tyler. Yeah, so we're like shooting the shit, and like I'm like Tyler. I thought he just said he had to pee. So I see a guy walk in to the little office area, which has the bathroom door. You can see it right where we're sitting. There's no cars in the bay at Valvoline, and I see this guy taking out the trash. And I know as a retail employee, when you take out the trash at the end of the night, it means you're closing up shop soon. So he takes out the trash, and then he does that. I see him come over to the door that Tyler came in. It's got one of those, uh, like, a deadbolt lock at the top. So he locked it from the inside, and I go to the guys. Oh, shit. They're closing. They don't know Tyler is in the bathroom. So my plan of attack was if they lock the whole thing up, their cars are parked over to the left, that I'll jump out and be like, yo, there's a guy in your bathroom. So Tyler, a couple minutes go by, and I'm, we're starting to, like, laugh. Memphis is recording it. James is recording it. They're doing, you know, they're narrating it. So Tyler gets out of the bathroom finally, goes to leave, and the door's locked. And he throws his hands up like, what the hell? So he goes into the bay where they changed the oil, where the employees were. And keep in mind, they don't know there's anybody there with them. So they were probably startled as shit. I'm surprised he didn't get, like, shanked. So he comes around the corner and talks to them. And he's like, yeah, I was in the bathroom. So they let him out. Um, But it would have been hilarious if he got locked in, locked in, and we would have been like, yo, there's a guy in the bathroom. He almost got locked in a Valvoline instant oil change in God knows where, Ohio, is the moral of the story. Somewhere between Canton and Cleveland, where Rich lives, is where he would have been stuck for the, because we would have left him. But but we didn't. You, 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 <laughs> rule number one is you never you never leave a man or a woman behind. You, you always take care of your your friends but it, it was it was comedy gold now in retrospect as i as i heard you tell your portion of the story i was like james and i should have done it like old school john madden and, and pat summerall well we went in the bathroom over here boom and boom. we had to take a number one boom and ended up being a number tyler two tyler gunther with the number two tyler gunther with dre the bly my favorite pat summerall when they played all those rams and lions game dre bly it was like my favorite pat summerall memory so there you go. If you stuck around to the, to the very end of the podcast, you got the famous Tyler locked in a Valvoline bathroom in Can- somewhere between Canton and Cleveland, Ohio. But, Doug, man, I want to thank you for jumping on, keeping guest season going. Anything you want to remind these people of, your YouTube channel, the podcast, we know about the Dynasty Happy Hour, we know about the FF Gurus. What else you want to share with us? Yeah, man, that's that's it. I mean, just doing work, three podcasts a week. I'm grinding during the season. Um, you know, we're on every other week with Dynasty Happy Hour. You can hear me if you're into setting your lineups. Really influenced by Evan Silva's matchup column a few years ago. I said, why not do that in podcast form? So I started doing Guru Game Guidance on the Trophy Time feed through tffgurus.com. Uh, it's just me going over all the starts, sits, players to pick up ahead of time, giving you all the injury updates. Um, so yeah, it's it's a real fun pod to do. And uh, I do it on my own, so I'm really proud of that. And then, yeah, just you know, find me on Twitter. Hit me up. If you got any questions, let me know. 
I'm just a guy out here in these streets and fantasy trying to win and trying to have fun. Um, yeah, that's my thing. Doug is uh, everything you're looking for in both a content provider and just a guy to follow on Twitter. Doug is uh, what my father would have called good people. Speaking of good people, my co-host, Jerry. Jerry, you got anything for these people out here on these dynasty streets? Look at that. I've been a bully to you all episode. I finally turned the tables and then this guy closes it out being nice to me. Uh, No, it's fun to talk with Doug. I mean, we had had a good time in Canton, the little bit that we got to talk and hang out. Just a kick-ass dude. Do... Subscribe to everything he said. Read all of his stuff. He's a I good I can't wait till next dude. year. Next year. I can't wait. And uh, I, I want to thank uh, James and Tyler for keeping the chat lit, as, as well as everybody else who participated. Uh, guys, we really appreciate you. I'll be back here tomorrow with the big bet with Dr. Kyle Bowser. And then uh, Kyle, the other Kyle, the good Kyle, will be back on Thursday with his weekend preview show. So thanks for tuning in to everything DWZ. And remember, here at the DWZ Fantasy Football Network, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you back here real soon. Thanks, guys. Hate brand goods. That's us. You know, very, very proud of the brand and very proud of what we stand for, man. We stand for those who give a shit. We want to be with those who want to do more. And no matter what your pursuit is and whatever it is, as long as you're holding yourself to a higher standard and you're being accountable to what your goals are, we got your back. Hate brand goods. Spread hate. Always party. And this segment is brought to you by ViridianGlobal.com. And that is the official apparel provider of the Dynasty Warzone merch. We have our t-shirts over there. We have our dad hats. We have our Jerry NWO themed hats. We have hoodies. We have Raglan's baseball season just kicking off. A Raglan is a baseball shirt where the body of the shirt is white and the sleeves are different colors. We've got some, some tank tops. We have our new working harder than an ugly stripper t-shirt, and so much more. This is the brainchild of myself and our graphics guru, Maddie, aka at Maddie Big Chest on Twitter. We have a ton of styles, and you want to head over there and check everything out. You simply go to Viridian Global, that is V-E-R-I-D-I-A-N Global, ViridianGlobal.com, search the Dynasty Warzone store, and man, you'll see all the t-shirts, hats, accessories, everything that we have available to you from a merch standpoint. They are a great sponsor, and we recommend you check them out today. That is the group over at ViridianGlobal.com. Thanks for checking them out. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. a game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak